Hello and welcome to the STC Fit Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Nat Jurek and with me, I'll be joined by Ben Scott and Jason Galea. STC Fit are a group of coaches who provide premium coaching and education services to high achieving women who want to ditch the frustration and achieve the results they want when they want. On the podcast, we'll be discussing all things related to our five-step method to experiencing total clarity in knowing how to achieve your goals, present and future. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit for all your online and personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a share and tag at Nat Jurek STC Fit, at Ben Scott STC and at Jason Galea underscore STC. Hope you enjoy the show. Benjamino? Natalie, are we going to do this every week ongoing yeah. now forever? Yes. I like your message this morning was just high and I got in first with hello, I, Natalie. I, I so purposely happy. I purposely didn't say that because I was trying to be nice. And then you said it and I was like, fine, if you want to play like that, two can play no, that it's game. my one chance to get one up on you because I never lead with it. But I just feel like I'm in trouble. I saw but, my opportunity and I took it. <laughs> yes, that you did. <laughs> are you distracted now because you just got a delivery and you want to go test your runners i feel like i was thinking about it before when i got the message from australia post that like i need to put them on and like run up and down my hallway and be like yeah they're fast i don't know how much you can test in that hallway yeah it's like do you remember being a kid you go to the shoe store and you put them on and you like do a quick little run I didn't run. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> yeah, so that that shows how long it's been since I bought a purpose-built pair of running shoes because I was like <laughs> in primary school. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! Nah. I was actually um, talking to the guy that did my running program, and I was like, "Oh, like I need a wait, obviously, for things to open up, and then I can go to Athletes Ford and like get measured properly and stuff." Then I was like, "Wait a minute." That's like 14-year-old me thinking that that's how <laughs> just, Is that actually a real fucking process? Is that is that actually a thing? Do they do that for adults? And then I was like, oh, no, just search runners for heavy people. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Like all the little yeah. primary school kids like lining up and then you just there. Like, yeah. Oh, can I please yeah. get my shoe fixed? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what shoes I need, please. So but I can run fast. Stay tuned to my Instagram for the uh, debut of the, the new wheels. I'm very excited because my entire, when I started to run or decided to run, I actually sent um, my running coach a message. I was like, if a 95 kilo human ran barefoot on the oval, would they break their shit? <laughs> He's Probably. like, why are you asking me this? I'm like, because I only own Jordans or Timberlands. And then neither of them I can run in. So I feel like barefoot is a better option. Yeah, I feel like you're one step ahead of me anyway because I'm the one who ran a 12K <laughs> quarter marathon and fractured their foot. So <laughs> you every go time you talk about it, I'm get like, fitted first, Nat? I didn't even run at all, <laughs> ever. <laughs> I did this, no, I did the 6K like the year before and I was like, oh, I did that. I did so well. I'm going to do 12 like not realizing it's double and I broke myself. So <laughs> never, ever forget that. Maybe that's why, because you didn't go to athlete's foot, get measured up properly for your shoes. 
<laughs> yeah, we can put it to a number of things. <laughs> yeah, didn't do a test run inside the shop. You're only the sprinting though. Lack of preparation. <laughs> yeah, or training or anything like that. It was just because you didn't get your shoes fitted properly. Yeah, but like 12k, that went for like hours, like two or three hours. 12k is like, far. Yeah, it is really far. If I didn't know how far it was until I did it, until <laughs> I was over the Balti Bridge, like, do I just jump off this thing? Because like that would be less painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did Tough Mudder in, must be like 2014 ish, 2015. I've wanted to do that for so long, but it's yeah, also so probably it's, super dangerous. Yeah. 21 Ks with 21 obstacles on like cow paddocks. It was, it was not a good time. Like it was fun. Yeah. But it was also really not fun at the same time. Yeah. It's like the sadistic version of fun that we talk about with like when we say we like powerlifting, we like pain yeah. is fun. Like that's yeah. <laughs> but I was probably 63 kilos, not 90 kilos. So it's it probably a much more enjoyable experience then than it would be right now. It would be way more fun to watch you do that right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, the first obstacle was nice thing. So I think I could get through that, but there's a few that like climbing big hay bales and like wood walls and stuff. It's like, yeah. there's no way now. No, I can't chance. get two feet off the ground. <laughs> no, that's not it. I just live for your stories of you doing your like running drills. I need yeah. to film some more of them. We've got like um, a ninja. Yeah. So we've got <laughs> some new stuff in there and some explosive ball work. That's like supposed to be explosive. That is really not. <laughs> Like when you were boxing. Yeah. Yeah. So fast. Uh, <laughs> so funny because both times Amy did it as well. And I was like, you're so fast. <laughs> and she's like, nah, Ben's better. And I'm like, why do I just laugh at Ben? Because <laughs> <laughs> Ben's supposed to be faster and he is not. <laughs> you're just stuffing around and you're better. Literally. He's talented. <laughs> so hey, can you hear my chair squeaking? I can. Stop doing that's that. Really, yeah, Tam's going to yell at you. Yeah, sorry, Tam, and everyone else listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think we should probably talk about something of value. <laughs> sure. Today. Sure. I've had coffee, so I can talk about anything. Yeah, me too. So what we wanted to talk to you guys about today was kind of like the difference between, um, I guess, the different avenues of coaching that you can kind of go with. Um, so most people will know that... Um, we primarily work in the online space and especially being in lockdown and whatnot over the last 18 months, we've had to work in the online space. Um, but prior to that, we obviously worked out of um, health clubs and gyms. Um, and more recently, we're working with women in the education space around learning how to coach themselves. Um, we've had quite a few conversations with people recently as well, um, I guess, just looking at the different uh, system that I guess they would slot themselves into best. So what we kind of wanted to unpack in this episode was for those of you who are, you know, either currently coaching yourselves at the moment, working with a coach on a gym floor or um, in the online space, some of the things that we need to consider, um, I guess, where you would meet yourself where you're at type scenario so that you can get the best result possible because like we understand that not everyone is built for each system it's going to be dependent on a variety of different things so it's probably just worthwhile knowing where to start yourself off um, so you can maximize your results and obviously do that in the most efficient way possible yeah it's something that we even have built into like taking clients on as well so yeah this is this is what we kind of go through in those initial conversations to be like does this 
can I get a result for this person is I guess the the thought process we go through yeah um I think yeah we'll go through the pros and cons of all of them today but I think a lot of people the access to a personality online seems really appealing sometimes and there's such a grand scale of what online PT online coaching sort of means that Mm. it's people can get trapped into thinking that it's going to be right for them when maybe they actually probably should be with a face-to-face coach or vice versa that they've gone beyond needing someone to watch them train at this point um and they can go into the online space then obviously something that like i'm playing with right now is like self-coaching just like writing my own programs dealing with my own nutrition holding myself accountable and what's involved with that um as a consideration as well because i think a lot of people like to play with this stuff um, yeah whether it's a financial thing or just like they'd like to nerd out on it so knowing i guess what the variables are to consider before you make that decision yeah i think there's like a natural evolution as well like as you kind of start and progress like you'll kind of realize what you need and how that changes um with like the online stuff like you said it's probably also important to unpack like what you get as a part of that service too um because like we've had conversations before with like our online packages that like wow this is a lot maybe not for me right now because of x y and z so it's like what you get within one online service might be different to what you get within another and you might need like a a development of that or like a regression of that um, which is all going to be based on yeah where you're at as an individual so it's not as probably as simple as like I like the way that coach looks like on Instagram like she's hot I'm gonna go with her um there's probably a lot more that needs to go into considering who you work with and why. Yeah, don't hire me just because I have a good belfie. <laughs> it's available. <laughs> I know um, about that. <laughs> yeah, I think like when did you start face-to-face? Was it Did you do any face-to-face coaching uh, like as a client? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did three years of it. Um, probably overstayed my welcome because... I didn't have access to other stuff. Like I wasn't getting a program. I wasn't getting like data tracking on my own. Like I wasn't given what I needed to, to be independent. Um, So I wasn't aware of like, you know, anything else that kind of existed. I was like, this is just how it is. Like I need to train with you more frequently in order to know what I'm doing and that's it. So I kind of like stuck with that for three years until, yeah, I was just like, oh, there's another way. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like how that happened for me. But then even like, being more um, advanced, I still came back to face-to-face with Jace just because I liked it. Um, like social interaction, learn some stuff, all of that stuff as well. So like there is other things to consider there too. Yeah, I think what might be cool is to introduce a concept of, it's called Price's Law. Um, and they, they use it in economics, they use it in nature, use it in heaps of different shit. Um, and it, it, it's scary accurate how good it is. But essentially, it's, it means that the square root of the group will create 50% of all outcomes. So the larger the overall group, the smaller the percentage of high quality, say, skill sets or outcomes or, or whatever. So I think I did the math on it based on how many personal trainers we have in Australia. There's something like 200 that you would say are high end, like the best of the best. And they probably have... of the clients or they get 50% of the outcomes and they're in that upper echelon. 
And then there's a sliding scale on from there. And there's something like 30,000 PTs in, mm. in Australia. So I think it's important to introduce this idea that at this point in time in what are we, September 2021, most people, if you're listening to this, have probably had a coaching experience of some description, face-to-face, online, done a course even. It's really important to understand that particularly it, it gets thrown around like in our industry a lot, but it happens in every industry. Like mm. there's only so many good plumbers. There's only so many good builders. There's only, you can go to 10 different doctors and nine of them be shit. Mm. So it's really important to actually do your due diligence on what you need, what you want and get the right person for the job. Not just like you said earlier, like he or she's hot. I'm going to work with them or their clients are lean. I'm going to work with mm-hmm. them. It's like, what, what actually works in the scope of what you want to do. And I've had consults where I've gone, this is not right for you. What yeah. I do, because it's not, I'm not going to be able to get you the outcome that you need or support you the way that you need to be supported. And I've had people kind of into their terms and I'm like, look, this isn't it for you. This is, you need to go and do something else because this model doesn't work. So being really clear on what you need and what you want, I think is the first place to, to come from and then understand that like anything else in the world, there's a sliding sale of quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as well when it comes to coaching, you've got to have a bit of internal um, reflection as well on how you respond to that. Um, so whether or not you learn be- best in a you know hands-on environment or whether you're able to communicate effectively. If you are doing a check-in, like you get sometimes check-ins that are like three words long and you're like, I don't know what you're thinking right now. Um, so it's like maybe like it might work for someone. It might not work for someone who needs added support. So as well, being able to like understand where you're at and how you receive, communicate information and learn things to actually maximize that system. Otherwise, it's just not going to work no matter what. Yeah. And maybe we'll drop in because we obviously mentioned the three like coaching options, it's like face-to-face online and then coaching yourself. There's probably one before that that's like using a touch-free product yeah. from a coach. So um, I kind of went face-to-face, touch-free, face-to-face, then online, um, if that makes any sense. So kind of cut my teeth, learned how to move, all that kind of stuff, and then found a program online that I really liked. Generic templated stuff, looking back at it now, I probably should have only spent three months on it, not a year on it, Uh, but I got out of it what I needed to at the time. So I think that's a consideration as well. And if you're in a realm where maybe you haven't had the experience with a face-to-face and you've got such and such as PDF downloads with videos and all that kind of stuff, it's the same questions. Like, are you getting what you need out of it to get the maximal outcome? It's always interesting how little value people put on their time. Like... Mm. If you're spending, say, an hour a day, five days a week, anything else in your life, if you were to do for five hours a week and not see an outcome, Mm. you would not fucking do it. So it's it's a weird thing that I see happen. It's like people are just repeatedly, and I think it's based on the idea that it's just work harder and willpower. Yeah. Just told like, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. It's like, well, nothing's fucking happening. Like at some point, do it again isn't the answer. Uh, So consideration to that, if you are in like that PDF 
sort of zone right now, even like a YouTube workout guide or whatever it is. Um, if it's not working, maybe it's not just work harder. Maybe it's not just motivation. Maybe you're not motivated and you're not working hard because the, the model doesn't work for you. Yeah. When I said the evolution, I think that that almost happens because you stop getting results. So like you stick with something that worked for a little bit and it eventually stops working. So you're like, okay, I need to do something different. Probably after spinning your wheels, doing the same shit for too long and yep, wasting yep. time. And then you get frustrated and you're like, all right, what's the next step? So you take a more refined approach and then that might be face-to-face. And then, you know, the service might not be what you need at some point. It's like, okay, what's the next more refined version of that deliberate online coaching or programming or whatever that looks like for you? Yeah. So let's go down that, that rabbit hole, I guess. So we have a touch-free product. It's slightly on a different, ang- comes from a different angle. It's obviously more education-based. Um, so if you're going to get that, you're looking for that option. The, the pros there, obviously it's cheap. Like you can pay bugger all because most people that are selling those want to sell them in bulk. They've got tend to have like a following. So they're able to sell lots of them and that's how they make their money. And they've probably got some kind of sponsorship and shit for their just being looking the way that they look typically yeah. Not all the time, but often. So if you're kind of looking at that pro is that it's cheap. Also pro is that like, if you're newer, a little bit more intimidated, the PTs look a little bit scary. You've just stepped foot in the door. Better to have that than nothing. Mm. I think we did an episode ages ago where you were sort of like, I just went in and used the treadmill and three pieces of equipment and went home. Yeah. Like I would rather someone have some Fitspo's PDF program than that. Yeah. Like at least you've got some structure, you've got something that's measured, you can progress it a little bit over time at least. Um, but obviously the cons, like you experience, it doesn't last very long. I mm. experienced the same things. Like I was using an IFBB bodybuilder program for a year wondering why I wasn't growing. Yeah. Like, cause I was doing IFBB workouts with IF without IFBB supplementation. Like, <laughs> of course you're not growing. Like <laughs> you can't handle this much work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge that that is probably actually a stage for some people. Yeah. The next step from that would be if you're a little bit more confident or uh, maybe financially things are a little bit more, you've got a higher priority on what you're trying to do and what you want to achieve. Walking straight in the door and hiring a PT straight away is also a brilliant idea. Yeah. They achieve the boat, the, the same outcome of like, you can go and be confident and do something that's probably going to get you some form of outcome. One of them will continue to get an outcome much, much longer and will cover way more bases Again, if you get a PT inside that prices law kind of environment, we'll cover more basis over the long term than the PDF program would. Yeah, I think if you are like new to the gym, you're struggling with confidence, you haven't really used much equipment, you don't really know what you're doing, it should almost be just like a prerequisite. Like go and work with a coach at some point if it's within your means because mm. like – there's so many other things that you wouldn't go into it, not knowing what you're doing because it's unsafe. It's dangerous. It's a waste of time. I think we should be approaching our training in the same way. It just, yeah, it blows my mind. I know that personally it was the first thing that I did um, was just like have a couple of sessions and run with it on my own for a bit. And then I was like, no, 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 got to go back to this. Cause like, I don't know what I'm doing and it's just wasting time. And 
you know, like the likelihood of me actually continuing on with this, if I don't know what I'm doing is pretty slim. So I better like sort that out real quick. Otherwise I'm just going to go back to square one. Yeah. So if, if you were to advise yourself, so you mentioned like you had a P2 that didn't really have the complete service, let's say. Yeah. Um, maybe even their face-to-face service was great. They had a good relationship with you for you to stay for three years. Yeah, I yeah. you liked them. Yeah. Um, but what advice would you give yourself walking in the door now, knowing that you're going to probably hire a PT? What would you be looking for? Yeah. So that's still probably a, a really important one. So the personal relationship side of things, I think that that's super important just to have like that, um, almost like safety and like be able to communicate things and feel like you've been heard and all of those things. Um, Transparency is really important when it comes to like a client coach relationship. I think that's even more important in in a face-to-face environment. Uh, Obviously if you're spending time with this person regularly, frequently, you know, one to three times per week, like you want to kind of like them and get along with them. Outside of that, it's probably like ask more questions, like find out, what you should have available to you and and what you can be offered. I remember thinking like, should I ask for a program? Should I have a program? What do I do? But I was just too scared to ask. So I was like, I'll just do another session because that's all I knew. So it went from one session to, well, for me to know what I'm doing outside of this, then I need to do another session with her. And then if I wanted to train more frequently, improve my results again, it was like, okay, well, now I've got to do three sessions and spend all of my life savings on personal training, which at 18 years old is not a smart thing to do. Good business model. Literally. So it's probably just to ask more questions and find out what's actually available to you so that you can then have autonomy in your decision-making around what's appropriate. Um, And you've got a little bit more empowerment around what you have, and then you can go off and be way more independent outside of those sessions too, because, you know, outside of those sessions, I was totally lost. It's like, yeah, sweet. I see you three times per week, but I go to the gym five times per week and two times per week. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So can someone, you know, provide me a little bit of direction so that, yeah, like help. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And these two sessions per week are probably just wasting my time as much as I was previously. So yeah, that's probably up there with the priorities when you walk into a gym Um, and you don't actually know what's involved in personal training because most people don't if you haven't done it before. Yeah, I think that's that's a huge part of it. And there's like a coming at this from like someone who educates PTs as well. Like the minimum standard that we have for when we are coaching guys is like your clients must have a program, they must have nutrition support, they must have a check-in, and they must have external resources. Yeah. Like, and we refer to like the whiteboard trainer as just like the, the trainer that shows up with a, either a new session every day or worse, they literally like literally have a whiteboard set up and you just do a Mm. fucking random workout every day and go home um so i think they're your minimums like you should be provided with a program nutrition guidance um doesn't have to be macros like doesn't have to be meal plans or anything like that like by um by our insurance like pts really should only Mm. be talking about like the australian standards uh, unless they have further education so they can refer you to stuff to think about, but not write meal plans or anything. Like yeah. That. So a program nutrition guidance, we'll call it um, some kind of check-in process. So you can assess how things are moving. They would be the three core elements. And then I would say, ideally you want some backend resources as well. So you've got the opportunity to, to learn. So 
high road versus low road personal trainers, high right, high road personal trainers, their goal should be to empower the client to be able to do things by themselves. It's like um, be train them so well, they don't need you, but they like the process so much that they want. Yeah. That would be the goal of, to work with every client. Yeah. That's, that's what we try and achieve even with our online guys. It's like, mm. we hope that when you leave from us, you can continue to follow the processes that we've taught you forever. Yeah. You don't need me anymore, but it's like, for the same reasons we have coaches, it's really nice to outsource. Yeah. <laughs> have other yeah. people manage that shit. So that's the goal that you try and create. Whereas a low road personal trainer tends to be more about like keeping you. So like that model that your trainer has like, oh, if I give her a program, she might leave. Mm. It's like, if you sense that, abort, like fucking hit the button and get out as quick as you can. Cause it's yeah. like, that's not creating environment that's going to work for you. Most people are going to train in some way, shape or form mm. for, I hope, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Are, you gonna, are you willing to pay someone three times a week for the next 20 years? Or do you actually need to learn about training and learn about nutrition and learn about programming so you can do it yourself? Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that this advice is just applicable to most people listening to this who aren't working with someone at the moment. Um, even just like reflecting on consults in the past it's like most people that we speak to are doing like all of the stuff on the other side. So it's like, I just show up. Mm. I don't follow a program. We change the session on a week to week basis. I don't get any management of my nutrition outside of what I'm doing. And like, that's like speaking about prices law that you spoke about. It's like, that's the majority right now. So for those of you listening to this, if you find yourself in that kind of like group of people right now, it's like, that might be normal because it's, what a lot of people are doing, but that's not like optimal. It's not kind of where we want to be. So just, I guess, like reflecting on that and thinking about that from a larger scale as well. And you'll be really surprised at the difference in price. Right. I think people yeah. like think like, oh, fuck, it's going to be super expensive to get someone that does all of that. All of that. We hear it's it all the time. <laughs> yeah, the price difference isn't that much. Like, yeah. It's, we often get people that are like that and it's like, oh, fuck, is that it? I've been paying more than that. Yeah. Like I had a girl break down in my office one day and just cry. She was like, mm. I've been paying this much for a quarter of what you offer. And I was like, oh, maybe I should yeah. put my prices up. But yeah, like I think the goal then is like to give you guys an insight from a personal trainer's headspace there as well. If they're good at their job, they'll have great retention. They don't have to charge as much because mm. they keep their clients for a really long time and everything's kind of cruisy. Whereas someone who's struggling will chart, try and charge a little bit more. And then again, that that's, they're in this cycle of like scared to lose people. So they do. Um, so yeah, just a, a consideration there as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think like to, to expand on what you sort of said with the face-to-face -face thing. Um, and I, I'm sorry to any brand new personal trainers that are out there. <laughs> when I say this, like, if you join a gym and you get offered like your three pack with your, with a coach, they're going to assign you to the people that need to build the business. Get out on the floor, find the PT that says hello to you, find the PT that's engaged with their clients, find the PT that um, you see their clients following a structure. You see their clients come in when their PT is not there. You see, mm. um, 
a personal trainer who not necessarily hands-on is probably the wrong word, but like is involved. They're not just counting reps, watching TV. Like yeah, it's engaged in the session. Yeah, yeah. Paying attention to what's going on. Um, a little bit of banter is great. Obviously, you have a job to do. So the whole session shouldn't be high five and ass slaps. Like mm-hmm. that you've got a process to do as well. Um, and then keep an eye out for listening for like, are they talking about programming? Are they talking about information? Are they doing any of that? Or what we see often in our industry is talking about my training and my this, yeah. my weekend and yeah, pay attention for that as a warning sign as well. Yeah, like I'm almost forgotten what it's like to be on the gym floor because it's been that fucking long because we've been in lockdown. But you would be surprised at how much you can learn <laughs> if you just pay attention to what's actually happening on the gym floor. Like my my clients could scope it out in like half an hour and they just knew exactly what was going on and you know, who you could go to and who maybe to avoid because like you can just, if you pay attention, you can find all of those things out. So have your wits about you and have some awareness um, when you go into there. It's always uncomfortable when your clients like, why are they doing that? And it's like, uh, I don't want to say, to entertain their client or being <laughs> stupid, but because it's stupid. <laughs> but My it's clients like, are just like, uh, I think they're stupid? trying to achieve this, whether or not that that's the most effective way to do it. That's that's on them. As long as the client's happy, we're happy. <laughs> like, yeah. No, my like, clients not- are literally like, should they be doing that? Or does that look right? And I'm just like, what do you reckon? Like, if you have to ask me, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just answers your own question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you're going to take that three session pack when you sign up, like a lot of everyone's going to get off of that when they come back to the people that are in Melbourne. Uh, New South Wales open up next week. When you all come back, those phone calls are coming. Yeah. PTs have been out of the gym for a long time. They're fucking coming. So like entertain the idea that, yeah, I'm, I'm interested, but I want to actually know what the service is about. I think people get this impression that like the personal trainer that calls them is the personal trainer that works for that gym. And then that's Mm. what personal training is just that person at the gym. It's like in 90% of cases these days, each trainer inside a gym is an independent business owner. They yeah. all do things completely different to each other. So the standard of one is not the standard of the other. So just be willing to like maybe ask a few more questions before you book that consult, before you sit down with someone um, and just investigate a little bit more if you have the opportunity to walk around the gym floor and see who's busy, who's not, who's sitting on behind the counter at reception, who's not, who's putting weights away, who's not. Like all those just little like mm. our t-shirts yeah just be less shit yeah yeah find the, find the trainers in the gym who are being less shit it's like a it's a good little clue to maybe they are there to serve more than they are to serve their clients more than they're there to serve themselves yeah yeah i would say that it's probably a lot easier like i said to be able to scope that out in a physical environment so then when we start to move on to the online space like that process becomes a whole lot harder because it's way easier to filter through what you would like someone else to see, you know, from the other side. Mm. Um, so that investigation process in terms of like getting an online coach and what that looks like and what you're exposed to and the services involved and how that plays out probably needs a lot more attention rather than just like scanning the profile grid um, and just liking what you see, you know, from the yeah. outside. And let's think about like, where you're at when you've got a face-to-face coach. You probably need someone to teach you technique, teach you how to do the movements, 
a lot of people like the idea of being pushed by a PT as much as we probably we're not that kind of group. Um, yeah. We're not the fucking one more like over your shoulder. <laughs> like that's not us. Uh, you've got a prescribed rep and reserve and we'll tell you if you hit it or not, but that's, yeah. that's it. That's it. Um, so I think, okay, so I want technique. I want um, that maybe that little bit of just someone's watching. So I have to go a little bit harder. I'll cheat by myself. The accountability, I've got an appointment. I have to show up. Um, that's a huge pro to obviously having a face-to-face. If you are someone that maybe training is a little bit lower on your importance hierarchy, like you've mm. got other shit, um, a face-to-face coach. I know I've worked with a lot of people who just outsource their health and fitness. Mm. They don't want to know what programming means. They don't want to know what macros mean. They don't want to know any of that shit. They just want to come train and they want to know what to do when I'm not here and I just want to do that. So if that's yeah. you, like that's totally fine. Like props to you for still pursuing a health and fitness outcome, mm. even though like you don't actually value it as a passion, like what we do. Um, that's suitable for face-to-face. Moving to online, it's like, well, what, what are you kind of going there for? Well, now you've got probably flexibility in terms of when and how you want to train. Um, you probably in most cases that importance hierarchy has increased. Mm. I don't want to say it as a, as a general rule, but like maybe stereotypically the people who have gone online from having a face-to-face business that have moved online are probably in that top percentile of coaches because they managed to systemize things enough to go online. Mm. Now there's, there's caveats to that. There's lots of people that still have just took a shit service online, but in most cases, it's like, I can't keep doing 50 sessions a week. I need a better method. I'm working with athletic population who train for 60, 90, 120 minutes. Sometimes I'm watching them train because they're so well drilled and they're so motivated and they're so like the, the type of person that they work with is they've got a higher importance on training. Mm. And they're probably more highly skilled and they're probably more deeply niched yeah. who they work with as well. Um, whereas someone on the gym floor works with everyone in the gym more often than not online. Typically it's like you work with a specific person. So what else are we considering? So we got the technique things like I know we ask, can you squat bench and deadlift? And even like Jason does that for his physique guys as well just because it gives, it's a little litmus test of, can you move? Mm. Do you know what you're doing? Are you comfortable? Like, cause if you don't know how to do those movements, like there's a good chance that online is going to be too far of a step. Yeah. If you're not proficient in movement, at least to a degree, and you haven't done it before, go face to face for a bit. Yeah. And then go work with your favorite online coach. Um, we can refine technique. Like I coach powerlifters online. And we can dial in technique, but if you don't have the foundation there, it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You want to have done it to some extent before. Like I know I've had a lot of clients come through who aren't confident in it, but they've done it. They're just like, I don't know if this is right or if this is what I'm doing. Um, But they, they're still in a position where they're willing to like fuck it up and try something. Um, maybe take the videos confident enough to record themselves in the gym, like put themselves out there enough just to see where they're at opposed to have yeah. never 
attempted that before and it's all just like foreign language to them yeah because it realistically you can only look at so many videos per week yeah so if you have a, a foundation of movement it's very hard for the coach to improve that over time like we try our best we have what 12 hours of footage of like here's how to train yeah um but i think that in person that adjustment stuff is really valuable from a face-to-face environment before you go online just yeah. knowing how to train a little bit um so what do i say we've got technique um obviously flexibility with time the systemization online should be really clear because like mm-hmm. to run as a trainer as a coach the hardest part moving from face-to-face to online is you don't have as much communication yeah so your systems for it to work need to be like a plus and that's why i was saying like online coaching attracts a higher level of client so have to micromanage those things better for things to be able to work so you're typically going to have good systems that you can plug into um those people that are outsourcing like i just show up and do what my trainer tells me to do on the day or look at my program when i get there and train and go home that is questionable whether online is going to be there for you like mm. if you can look at your program and that's it, sweet. If you're like, I don't want to think about anything, have any input in this and just be told online's going to be a bit sketchy. It's a, yeah. it's a bit more of a two-way street than face-to-face. Yeah. I think with online, like there is an element of you kind of get back what you put in. Um, and like, I've said it to clients before. I'm like, if I don't get anything else from you, I can't help you to the best of my ability because I don't really know what's going on. And they're like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Um, especially if you're naturally just like that short, blunt person that's just like, you know, in out gets shit done. And it's like, why, yeah. do, why do I need to tell you more? Like, I'm fine. Um, but from the other perspective, it's like the coach doesn't know that you're fine if you don't actually tell them that you're fine. So you've got to be able to input a little bit more effort into that system. Otherwise, yeah, on either side, it can kind of just fall flat a little bit. Yeah, because there's stuff as a, pay, a face-to-face PT that you pick up on inside those sessions that, it's really challenging to ask all of those questions yeah. because then you've got to balance that like client input of, do you want to spend an hour and a half doing a check-in and that like depth of knowledge as the coach to make decisions. So if you see someone like get out of a leg press and they wince, you're like, Hey, what's up? Mm. But if they just like, Oh, that was a bit stiff and clunky and they never tell you, you missed that level of communication yeah. um, in the online environment or hey, you've seen flat this week. What's going on? Mm. If that's not in your data, I can't see I don't you. Know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's like we can pick up on language and we get better at doing that, like picking up on mood just based on what they're saying about their results and stuff. And there's a skill set to that, but there's nothing like seeing someone walk in and you're like, hey, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like is it training and diet or is it outside the gym? It's like, hey, you need to take it easy this week. Like that decision making isn't available unless the client provides it. So you have to be willing to communicate. Yeah. And like, to some extent you get those personalities that are just like that. Like I've got a client who has like three words, you know, check in for every box. KPIs are all sweet, like 10 out of 10 every week, never had an issue. And I'm like, I don't need anything else. Like, I know you're all good. That's just who you are. But in terms of like the difference between face-to-face to online, it's probably going to be like that. Uh, priorities aspect where it's like this is now higher up on your values list 
So you've got to be willing to give an extra half an hour to fill out your spreadsheet or fill out your program so your coach can actually read it and know what happened in your training sessions. And all of that is more so a reflection of how important it is to you because you've got to be willing to give the extra time to that um, outside of just showing up to a half an hour session a week or whatever it is. Yeah. Exercise prescription stuff is another one. Like if you give someone a program in a face-to-face environment, they're like, what's this? You can show them. Yeah. Um, whereas it's like, hey, you might need to search that or look at our exercise library or watch this video or whatever. So you need to kind of input that little bit of time and effort and ownership. I think that you could probably sum it up with that. It's like yeah. more ownership, the ownership goes from more leaning towards the face-to-face coach to the online coach. It's a lot more shared, I think. Yeah. Um, in that relationship. So if you want to just like put your results on somebody else, um, stay with face-to-face. Most face-to-face coaches that are busy and really good won't let you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you can try. <laughs> you can get a little bit more out of it that way. Yeah. Um, but in an online environment, I think you'll actually miss out on value by mm. not taking ownership of the situation. Like even I've got yeah. clients the same as the one you just mentioned that are like most weekends are like um, one of my girls just like all gravy as always. Yeah. It's like, but when it's Great. not, it's like, it's not. Yeah. It's like, hey, like this happened, this happened, this happened. What do you think I should do? This is coming up next week. What do you think I should do? Um, and we have that interactive sort of relationship that we may change as when it's need to. And I can, I trust her to tell me and she trusts me to give an answer and not like be frustrated if she does yeah. tell me. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing from a online client's perspective. If you're like that independent person who will just kind of like, you know, go in and it's kind of like the person that we work with. Like, you know, we both have clients like that, that are just like in, out, like do what I need to do. Um, I'll let you know if something's wrong, then when something's wrong, it's like, there's got to be a solution. Like it's, it can't just be like, try better next week or like, you know, let's just see what happens again or, you know, any of those kind of like vague answers. Like there's got to be a system in place that you can rely on when shit hits a fan. Cause like it it will at some point. Yeah. And honestly, like I'm that client too. I was just thinking that, as I said that I'm like, Jace doesn't hear from me until something's wrong. And I'm like, Hey, help me. (laughs) And then it's like, yeah, I'm sweet. (laughs) Yeah. I frequently used to get a message on check-in day. Like, Hey man, like, What's happening? It's like, yeah. oh, if you haven't heard from me, everything's good. Bro. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Literally <laughs> like, me the a, last three weeks. <laughs> there's enough data there to tell you that everything's okay. Um, and then like a, three, a few weeks later, you're like, all right, this hurts or like something's coming up. I need to reduce training time or whatever. Like that there's an obstacle that I need to overcome and I need your help with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, is there anything else from like an online perspective that stands out to you that we haven't covered yet? Um, yeah, I think from a, from a pros standpoint, that ownership provides a lot of fulfillment. Mm. Um, we obviously talk about language and that, that when a client gets a result, they get a result, like not we, um, I, I put a post up ages ago that was like, I'm a coach. My clients get results, not me. Yeah. So I think that online coach relationship empowers you to have more control over what's going on. You can have that relationship with a face-to-face coach as well. It's just less common. Mm. Um, so again, finding a good face-to-face coach that'll have that mindset as well. 
but yeah, I think having that is probably beneficial. I think if you're the type of person that we work with and we attract are like, they're spending more than an hour in the gym more often than not um, 45 minutes plus um, up to for a powerlifter, like 90 minutes, two hours, sometimes three um, for me. Yeah, three. If you're on your phone or playing with Indigo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think if you're that person paying for that time would mm. be rough. So I think an online coach is, is better in that environment anything that you have a specific outcome, you already know how to move. You already are disciplined. You already show up and apply yourself and all of that. I, I personally would recommend someone like that go online. It's more cost-effective. You probably overall get maybe a better service even than you would face-to-face or in alternatively, the person that you're working with if they are that good, it's almost online anyway with mm. sessions thrown in because that system is all in place. It's just you show up sometimes and work out with them. Yeah. Uh, because you like that accountability or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I think that would be where, where you're at. Uh, if, if you're the one thing I would say not to do is don't hire an online coach for motivation. Yeah. Or at least don't hire us. <laughs> yeah. yeah it depends who you hire but it's not us <laughs> yeah like if you want structure to apply yourself to get a result and be held accountable and accountability you think is going to help you be present then by all means and that's what i use coaching for typically is accountability and also mental lag like i don't have to think about it i'd rather yeah. just pay someone else to do it um so I think, yeah, if you're in that boat, yeah, if, if you're in a position where I want to achieve something very specific and I'm taking ownership of it online, good. If not, probably not. Motivation is not what an online coach is about. Yeah, you've got to be self-motivated. Yeah, like, we're not going to be in the gym smacking yeah. you on the back saying good job every set. Like it's not. Or even like outside of your check-ins, it's like, most coaches or certainly us like won't be messaging you daily to find out whether or not you've done your session or hit your macros or like I have seen it. I have seen coaches do updates on step counts and step checks and shit like that. And it's like, fuck, that is so far from it. Like that is not happening. Yeah. Cause like, you've got to be that self-motivated uh, independent it sounds anxiety inducing as the client. Yeah. And it's, it does, it kind of like builds this dictatorship with that relationship around client coach, rather than it being like your result and you're responsible for it. It's like, no, no, I'm going to be on your back every 24 hours to make sure that you did what you needed to do. Like I want you to get a result as much as you do, but like, that's not happening. So you've got to be able to like get your ass out of bed and do that for yourself. Look for, look for um, empowerment rather than dependence. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I like. So um, you're gonna if go. we're confident with showing up, we've got a little bit of an idea about programming, nutrition, we've been doing things for a while. At what point have you ever coached yourself? Um, look, I think there's like two ways to look at this because the coach yourself like kind of goes 
from like the beginner to the person who actually knows what they're doing. It's opposite opposite ends of the scale. Yeah, yeah. Right? so it's like the person who's like, oh, I'm just managing stuff on my own. Like, yeah, I've been that person, went real shit. That's why I hired Jason. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's like you speak to a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm just doing it on my own or I'm just, you know, doing my own training or I'm just doing my own nutrition, but they don't actually know what the fuck they're doing. And it's like, that's not coaching yourself. That's just you're lost and confused and you maybe just don't value this enough to invest enough time into it to actually do it properly. Yeah. yeah I've been there. I've never actually managed things on my own outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think in my experience, I've done a, a lot of periods where I consulted with people. Yeah. Where like my first prep, I did a consultative model. Um, and even, even the coaches I've worked with has been like pretty clear up front, like, Hey, I want to kind of learn as much as I want the coaching element. I like want to figure this out Yeah. at the moment. It's like, I've, cause I have no fucking idea how to program <laughs> running. Um, I've brought someone in to write that segment of the program, but sort of said like, Hey, what are the considerations for my own program? What do I need to think about? And just playing and testing stuff and the yeah. three of us training on it. So it's like getting feedback of how that works and nerding out on that kind of shit. Um, I self-coached early on a little bit. I sort of like worked with Jace pretty solid for a while, did it by myself following that PDF program. Then I was like paying him just to beat the shit out of me on leg day. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like did, I probably did a good block of two, three years mm. by myself. Um. So I did a course and that's obviously what we'll probably go into today is not just like I decided I was going to manage things by myself. It was like I paid a fairly substantial amount of money, did a course over six months, um, turned out to be 12 months actually, and used the knowledge from that to start figuring out things for myself. Yeah, most people take the opposite approach. Yeah, yeah, which is where things fall apart because in order to manage yourself, you actually have to know what you're working with. And most people don't know what they're working with. So they just choose to manage themselves because maybe they can't be held accountable and it's, you know, less scary. And, you know, there's not that much um, emphasis on like what they need to do so you can get away with shit. But like you've almost got to be the combination of the person who knows what they're doing and is self-motivated, you know, and doesn't need to rely on anything else in order to actually be able to coach yourself. Like that's the last step, not the first one. Yeah, I think it's an extra challenge, not an easier approach. And I think yeah, it's like I've people... got everything figured out. Like now I can try and do it on my own without relying on you. But you've yeah, can't miss that step. Otherwise it's just yeah, shit show. Yeah. So if you're in a position, even if you like I, I think of a few like um friends I guess that I have on Instagram people that I chat to and stuff that do things for themselves and it's like it's the shiny red ball syndrome it's just like oh this program model is cool or this glute exercise is cool or this diet is cool and they're just jumping from thing to thing all the time mm. I think if you the message really is you have to invest at some point mm. where you choose to invest and I mean financially and like emotionally, um, energy wise, like you're going to have to invest at some point to get to a point where this is all self-sustainable because there's so much shit, man. Like I yeah. can appreciate, I understand the Red Bull syndrome because I've been there and done it. 
I've taken mm-hmm. all the fucking supplements and that's why, how I know they don't work when I tell my clients. Yeah. Because I fucking took them. I used to drive <laughs> home from the gym if I didn't have them with me when I got there. Like I get, I get it. And I've jumped from program to program and I've done the fasting, the fucking carb cycling, the any, any method that you can think of, I've done. Mm. And if I shit on it, I've probably done it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's why I'm except, shitting on it. <laughs> yeah. Except for vegan and vegetarian. Cause I just really fucking like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, I think most people don't appreciate, again, it's come back to that. Is there anything else in your life that you would invest the amount of emotional energy, time and resources into that you would be okay with not getting a result for? Mm. Most people will say no. So consider that and think, well, if you're going to invest five hours a week, four hours a week, even three hours a week for the next five years, how much time, what, what is it worth to you for that to create positive outcomes? Mm. Yeah. It's got to be worth something. And when you really sit back and think about it and it's like, I'm going to waste five years, three times a week, 52 weeks a year. Yeah. I can't do the math on that in my head. It's 150 it's a sessions a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 150 sessions a year by five years. It, are you willing to just try and figure it out and jump program to program and follow a Fitzbo for ideas for that long? Yeah. I think if you ask someone who's managing this on your own right now, you've got to ask yourself the question of whether you don't care enough or whether you care enough. Like if you care too much, if you care a lot, you'll be willing to do all of that stuff because it's a high priority for you. So if you're sitting there and saying to yourself like, yeah, yeah, like I'm just managing things on my own right now but you're not doing any of that stuff. Like you're not investing, you're not putting in extra time, money, energy, like whatever it is, then you're in the camp where you don't care enough. And you Mm -hmm. might feel like you do, because it's actually like you really want to look a certain way or you want to perform a certain way and you're really emotionally attached to the outcome. But if those actions aren't reflected in like going that extra mile, then like you don't care enough to be able to do that. So that's probably the way you differentiate that. Yeah. And like, even right now, like I talk about like that time that I was self-coached. Um, I was in a program that I could message people and find mm. out stuff. I would even right now, it's like I'm self-coached right now, but I have probably five to six people that I will reach out to when I'm unsure or to get confirmation on what I'm doing is a good idea. Personally, I think they're probably in their areas, like in the top 1% in Australia yeah. inside like those five people. So it's, it's not just like, I just make shit up. It's like, mm. I go and figure out what's going on. So one question to ask yourself when you're thinking about, I'm just take care, taking care of things my, on my own. If you're not going to someone else for confirmation ideas, like spitballing, that for me would be a warning sign. Yeah. Where you're are still you going to have a circle. Off? Yeah. 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 So yeah, like you said, if you're in a position at the moment where it's like you're just not willing to invest, like you, you're just doing it on your own because you're not willing to invest some time, energy, and maybe some money, then you obviously would probably need to just accept the lack of outcomes for that. The flip side of that, if you're a geek like me, Nat, Jason, when he's on here, pretty much all the guests that we'll have coming on here as well, and you like this shit, you like talking about it, 
you can have a coffee at 12 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon <laughs> and talk about it for 90 minutes, then maybe doing it yourself is a great idea and playing with that and like enjoying the ins and outs and the wins and the getting to week three of your program and going, yep, hundred sets was too much <laughs> and changing it. Like, um, I think it's it's a valuable experience if we call it like the gym nerd thing. If you're yeah. a gym nerd and you like figuring it out and you like listening to fitness podcasts and programming and going to the seminars and paying the money to learn from the best, like then fucking go do it. Mm. Yeah, but it's, you're gonna, extremely you're gonna need to, to you're gonna need to understand that you're going to require a level of education to be able to achieve great results from that. Yeah. I think that the like self-coaching thing has always primarily been the person who doesn't know what they're doing or is kind of just like floundering around, not willing to invest in like an online coach or a face-to-face coach yet. I am yet to see like outside of what we're doing at the moment, like an education course around nurturing that for that person. So if you guys are like in, if you are that person or you resonate with what we're kind of saying here, then the Be Bulletproof course that we have just come out with, um, we've just finished up round one. So we will be launching round two um, really soon. I think within the next four weeks we'll be starting. Um, then this would be the a really perfect avenue for you to be able to take to um, facilitate all of that for yourself. Um, like I said, I don't think I've seen much of that around just in terms of like the education around being able to self-coach yourself um, in a really productive manner. So if yeah, there's no yeah. totally holistic model. No, there's, so if you, are you can someone... do yeah, you can do nutrition somewhere, you can do programming somewhere, you can do goal setting somewhere, but I, I am not aware of anything in the world, let alone here, yeah. that facilitates it start to finish everything you need to be able to leave the program and go right. I can work on this by myself and I've got a community of people that I can talk to, to bounce ideas off. And like you said, have that circle to mm. make sure that what I'm doing is on the right track. And actually be able to get results. Cause like, to be honest, most people who manage things on their own don't. And like, oh, that was me. Like I, Jace came up to me and was like, when will you let me coach you? When will you let me write you a program? Because we can get good results. And I was like, okay. But I mean, most people who aren't, doing that for themselves who are doing them that who are doing that for themselves aren't actually getting results because they don't know what they're doing so if you're going to be the person who manages it on your own be the person who actually gets results for yourself as well like that's a real rewarding way an empowering way to go about it so yeah you may as well just maximize that and actually be proud of what you achieve yeah even if you're a coach too like i think it's so useful pts have this stigma around hiring other pts Mm. it's like how can I tell my clients what to do if I'm asking someone else what to do? And I think it's such a broken model. Like I've had probably 80% of the time that I've been a coach, I've had one Mm. and I've never had a client leave. I've never had a client. I've definitely never had a client leave me for the coach I'm working with because well, if you're coaching Ben, then you must be be smarter than than Ben. So I'm going to work with him. It's like, no, it's not how it works. Like that's it. So a lot of this is personal relationship stuff uh, and being able to get to wherever the client is on a particular level. So yeah, if you're, you've got your cert and you, you want to play around with your own stuff and test your own systems. And that's essentially what 
I like to do is create a system and have other people look at it and go, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What considerations would you do? Then do that, um, but make sure you've actually got the people to go to and mm. you've got the information coming in, whether it's an investment. So look, honestly, I think for, for PTs in their first one to three years, this course would be awesome for them as well. Because like, you don't have to tell everyone you've got a personal trainer. If you're insecure about that, you mm. can go and learn the foundations to then apply to yourself. Yeah. And our coaches are doing it as well. Like they've just gone through the first round. So tried and tested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think the only difference, if we compared like online to figuring it out on your own, you need to be invested in education. So yeah. the, the accountability part gets removed and the um, demand of education increases as well. So the time and energy mm. input on that side of things is going to increase. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think that that's, that is the trade-off and the flip side of that is that it's way more empowering if you've done it on your own. I think that the person who does that for themselves takes that away and like act really, really enjoys the fulfillment that comes from that. So investing that extra added time isn't necessarily like a negative. It's like, I really fucking like this process. Like this is the shit that I do in my spare time. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can never outsource ever again either. Mm. Like I go in and out of that every couple of years. Like I worked with Will for three years, I think. Before mm. that, I was by myself for two years, I had coaches for 12 months before that and so on and so on. Like I probably had six or seven client, uh, coaches over my time. Um, and then flipped into doing it myself. And it yeah. typically depends on what my schedule's like, what my goals are like. Like once I decided to compete, it was like, well, I, I'm not guessing this anymore. Yeah. I want someone that's specific right now. It's like, I just want to be um, like Captain America. Yeah. Be strong, be able to run, be able to like function as a person and look decent in a singlet. Yeah. So it's, I'll just play with that stuff. But when it comes time to like, I'm going to do something very specific and try and get an outcome, I'll probably be in coaching again. Mm. So you can do that and enjoy the education process that comes with it. Yeah. Sweet. So hopefully by now you guys have a better understanding of where you're at just yourselves. Like you can kind of listen to this and see yourself in one of the three areas um, and be able to make some decisions around what will suit you best. Obviously we spoke about Be Bulletproof um, launching within the next month. So if you guys are interested, you can head over to the um, STC Fit website or the Instagram. Um, you can find the link in the bio over there. Um, you can apply through the link or you could just shoot the page a message and I'll be in the DMs and I'll be able to get back to you. Um, anything else that we have coming up, Ben? Seminar? Um, we haven't launched that just yet, have we? <laughs> we'll announce the seminar on Monday, so stay tuned to the, to the socials. Yeah, How's we'll have that? another seminar coming up so you guys <laughs> can keep your eyes peeled. Um, I know there's one a, coming. Yeah, they'll be in like a six-weekly basis um, moving forward, so... Um, you guys will have regular um, intervals of that. Yeah. And if anyone's a, a consistent listener and fan that's on the Instagrams, we're about to change how we do our Instagram stuff as well. So we would actually really appreciate feedback on, on that. Uh, if you guys like it, if you miss the old stuff, let us know. Um, yeah. We're just going to send it for four weeks and see what everyone thinks. <laughs> if they hate it, we're going to change it back. But if you love it, we'll keep it. So yeah, we're always open to suggestions, even for the podcast, guys. If there's guests, topics, questions, 
firing through the STC fit page. Nat's in there in the DMs. Uh, have a chat with her and we'll do what we can to, we don't make this just so we can have a chat. Yeah. Um, we can do that off camera. So if you have anything you want us to talk about, just let us know. Yep. Sweet. If you like the episode, tag and share to your stories, tag at STC fit at Nat Joe, STC fit at Ben Scott SC. STC. Yeah. So close. It was SC for a while. Changed it on me. Yeah. So was like two years ago, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yell at Jason every single week. I'm like, we all need to have the same one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got the underscore just to make it confusing. Literally. Sweet. All right. We'll leave it there. See you in a fortnight. Thanks guys.